0: I'm not Scott, so you might have to lower your gaze a little bit this morning. Thank you, Scott, for the opportunity you're giving me to share today. It's always very emotional for Linda and I whenever we come up here. When we first came to Crested Butte, there was a group of about six people in a room meeting for a Bible study. So before there was an be Joyful, there was six and um, we had seven years here of been able to see this place get established. But when we hit the off-season, I have to tell you, um, like this time of year, we were a small but hearty group of people. And to be here today on November 6th and to see this place so full, so many people here, um, it's just... A testimony to God's faithfulness and um, you are you are representative of that each and every one of you here is a testimony to the faithfulness of God um, so I'm gonna pray and we're gonna get started thank you Lord for the opportunity we have to open your word and to learn more of you and about ourselves and one another We ask you'll open our hearts and our minds, and you'll guide us in this time together by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin this morning talking about our conversion, when you were saved. And when you have come to Christ, it says that we become a new creation. And so you have a new self, a new person Something that you haven't been before. And with that comes a transformed heart, a transformed mind, a transformed affection, transformed will, transformed relationships, and a transformed purpose. And we're told in the scripture to put on or to clothe ourselves with this new self. In Colossians chapter 3, there's a passage of scripture that discusses this and what it looks like. So we're going to bring that verse up for you now, 12 through 14. It says, put on then, God's, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, and here is what we put on. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So if you imagine a person who is putting on these characteristics of compassion and kindness, and humility, and gentleness, and patience, and above all love, this person in this life and in this world is a vulnerable person. Because if we are to live with those kinds of characteristics in our life, it's not going to be easy for us. Think of all the things with, you, with me for a minute in our everyday lives, that require protection. Nearly everywhere we go, something requires some form of protection, whether it's your your cell phone, you get in the car, you've got bumpers, you've got seat belts, you've got airbags, you've got safety features, you've got insurance of every kind, and we hate having it, but we can't live without it, so we have life insurance and health insurance and flood insurance and home insurance and fire insurance and all those things to minimize our risk. When you go out skiing, you'll put on sunscreen and helmet and goggles and gloves and boots and clothing of various kinds. Think of a football player and all of the gear that a football player must wear to protect himself from getting injured or from being risked at hurt. Now, underneath those pads is a very fit person, but even the most fit person requires protection underneath. The baseball, uh, wearing helmets and, and face guards and a catcher who wears a a mask and a chest guard and shin guards. The level of protection that you wear is indicative of the kind of risk you're facing. So when you see someone, you realize that. And if a catcher were to go out in a Major League Baseball game without his protective gear on, we would be appalled and be afraid for that person. So protection is a part of our every day life and so we need that kind of protection it's just a part of our lives so this vulnerable new christian person not even just a new believer any believer this vulnerable person who tries to live in the manner in which has been spoken that which is spoken about in colossians is to put on this almost as clothing so we clothe ourselves in those things So, with that then, we need some protection. And what do we need protection from? And more appropriately, who do we need protection from? So, we're speaking spiritually of our spiritual protection today for our Christian selves, for our new self that we are. And that's what... Ephesians 6:10 through 18 is going to speak to us about. It's, um, so we're going to start that with uh, Ephesians 6 and, and 10, and that's what's going to be our passage today. Ephesians 6:10 through 18. We're going to bring it up here, and uh, you can also open your scriptures to this place. Many of you are aware of this. It is called the armor of God. The armor of God. These are the protective features that we are going to need for our life with the Lord. So, here's how it starts. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and the spiritual forces of evil. So we're going to work on this at this moment here. We see that our battle is not against flesh and blood. This is a really important thing because if Satan can get us fighting with each other, we are not in the right battle. And we are not in position to stand strong as we're told to do here. There are so many ways that we can get crosswise with each other in terms of the way we relate with each other. Total misunderstandings can be brought about by something very small that may not be accurate at all. Scott mentions we're moving to Omaha, Nebraska. We've lived in this valley for 27 years. That's going to be a big change for us. But in 40 years of marriage, Linda and I have never been close to family. So our son and his wife and three grandkids live there, and we have an almost 2-year-old granddaughter who on uh, Halloween, was really her first time to trick-or-treat and experience that, and she really got into it um, and had a great time. Uh, we got a call from our son, and he was down at the emergency room because after she had gone trick-or-treating, she was in the bathtub, got out of the bathtub, fell, broke her collarbone. So the next day, there was a picture that went out, and it showed her sitting on the couch... And um, she had a dinosaur little sling on, and she was snacking. Well, she, uh, when my uh, daughter saw that picture, who lives in uh, California, she said, oh, that's so sweet, a little dinosaur sling, and she's eating a carrot. And Lynn and I didn't have the heart to tell her that carrots and Cheetos look very much alike. <laughs> She was thinking something healthy, but come on, you know, with a sling, of course you're going to eat a Cheeto. But <laughs> I say that to tell you that there are the smallest things that we might misconstrue with one another if we're not very careful with how we judge a situation. And the more that we are at odds with one another, the, the less we are in the fight, the less we are able to be engaged because we've already been taken off course. Now, our enemy is a fierce enemy. And we know from the beginning in Genesis that Satan was introduced to us as a snake in the Garden of Eden who was tempting Eve and used various words and manipulations to entice her to take a bite of that fruit. So, But back in in, in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, we learn about how this took place in the first place. Ages and ages ago, long before there was the beginning, there was an archangel named Lucifer who was said to be perfect in beauty. And Lucifer was setting himself up against God in the heavenly places. And he wanted to take the place that rightfully belonged to God. And because of that, Lucifer was cast out of heaven along with one third of the angels. And those are that's that's the army, that's the enemy that is spoken of in the scripture that we just read about the principalities and the powers and the schemes of the devil. This is an adversary that is extremely dangerous to us. The dragon, the accuser, the destroyer, the father of lies, the god of this world, the prince of the power of the air. He is a manipulator, a distorter, a distractor, a, a father of lies, who tries to entrap and trick, who masquerades as an angel of light, who seeks to rob, kill, and destroy. He is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He tears us apart like a roaring lion. He is a real enemy. He is a foe like no other. And I think that we sometimes forget that. And whenever we turn on one another or we are broken in our fellowship and our relationships with each other, then we're not, In the right battle. And Paul understood this. And that's why he gave us this instruction about the armor of God. The level of protection that is needed is based upon the severity of the threat we are facing. The level of protection that we need is based upon the severity of the threat that we are facing. In Paul's day, the most heavily armored, protected person was a Roman soldier. And so he used the example of the most armored up person in their day to talk about what we need as protection in this battle that we face. And I find that quite significant. Paul often used athletics, and, and he used military terms to describe these things, training and fighting to be in the good fight. And so I want to, first of all, show you uh, a picture of a modern-day American soldier. Veterans Day is coming up, and a modern-day American soldier is today, perhaps, our version of of a heavily protected person in warfare and look at all that he is wearing in order to engage the enemy. And while you see that, certainly you can offer a prayer for our people in uniform. But let's show you what Paul's soldier was in his day and how he looked at it. And I want you to be mindful of the fact that we all wear the same uniform. You know, oftentimes in a, in a war and in, in a battle, you have different uniforms being wear, worn or on a team. We've talked about the, the Broncos um, Imagine the Broncos on the field playing together as a team and each of them wearing a different uniform, a different jersey. So when you look to your left and your right in this place today, we are all, men and women, wearing this same armor. We are all in the same battle. We all fight under the same banner. We all are members of the kingdom of heaven and so we are in this with each other it would be as ludicrous for us to to think of ourselves as being wearing a different uniform or different armor but it just is wrong to think that way we are all in this together so that's where it stands and so paul wants to talk about this and he's talking about the fact that in this we must take our stand. And so we don't have the backside picture of a Roman soldier. Because the backside is unprotected, relatively unprotected, unnecessary. Because they were to engage the fight. They were to face the enemy. They were to be frontward, forward moving. Psalm eighteen twenty nine says, with your help... I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. So it's it's that way. Now, I brought a little <clears throat> something today that is basically a very simple uh, pair of shorts. So this summer, Lynn and I were on a vacation to Park City, Utah. And on our way back, and I was driving, and we stopped at a gas station and, and went in and, and I went through there, went all the way through the store, went in the men's room, came out, went filled up with gas and all those things. I came back out. And Linda says, what happened to your shorts? I said, what do you mean? Well, they've got a big rip in the back. And I mean, it wasn't small. <laughs> I mean, we're talking big. This is, this is what it was going on. I didn't even know it. Okay? So that's another piece, like you would say, of protective clothing, right? Protective clothing. Now, fortunately, I had underwear on. (laughs) Or we would have grossed out a really good portion of the rest stop there. Um, And I was glad because Linda could point that out for me. And we need to point some things out for each other. We need to watch each other's backsides. And whenever we start, and I'm going to go through this, and I'm going to talk about these, uh, each one of these. But when we get into an issue where we're talking with someone and they're complaining about another person, we need to be able to say, Dude, that's not your enemy. That's not your foe. You're on the same team if that person is a brother or sister in Christ. And, if, and, and so... Um, We need to start there with our conversations with each other. So let's start. Paul says, he starts out with the belt of truth. And the belt of truth is what holds everything together. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so truth, and each of these, by the way, Each of these I see, except for the each of these I see as a gift from God. It is not something we need to manufacture ourselves. So God has given us truth. He is truth. So it's the belt of truth, and and as long as we walk in truth, we won't be lost. We won't drift. We won't be idle. We won't be confused. We will know our direction and our purpose. But the moment we get away from the truth of God. The truth of God. Things start to fall apart. On us. So the truth. Is our belt. And you know. We all, we're all we wearing belts. Even today. And then it goes on and says. Righteousness is our breastplate. Now that's our body armor. That's our Kevlar vest. That's. Its size and its prominence talks about our, protecting our vital organs, the vital parts of who we are. And remember, what I'm telling you is these are protecting the compassionate, the kindness, the, the, the person that being clothed with that, that clothing that's underneath this armor. This armor is protecting that part of who you are in Jesus that wants to express itself in a dark world. Okay, So that's what it's for. The righteousness is a gift from God. It's imparted to us when we become a believer. And we need to be willing to embrace the fact that we are right with God and made right with God through Jesus Christ, His Son. Now, there's another part of righteousness that we work out, which is um, our part of making sure that we're right with God. But God has placed us in a position of righteousness with Him Through Jesus Christ. All right, the next one is the gospel of peace is our boots, the the shoes of peace. And if you can imagine what that means, is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He is our peace. Peace doesn't found in this world, it's not found in our finances, it's not found in this life, it's not found in, in the directions that we seek. Peace is found. in Jesus, Jesus is our peace, so those boots that that guy is wearing, they help hold him in place. In fact, some people think that they, that was the original. they were the early wearers of cleats. They would put some spikes in there to help them with their footing, and that would allow them to go over uneven terrain and fight in a battlefield that was full of potholes and all kinds of other things. But they were able to traverse above all of that. Peace of Jesus allows us to walk peacefully in the middle of a storm. It allows us to walk peacefully in the middle of a battlefield in our lives. We don't need to lose our peace when other things are going on around us that seek to cause us anxiety and bring us down the peace of God that passes all understanding are our boots that that Jesus gives us to traverse past doubt, worry, confusion, fear, anxiety. Then we have faith as our shield. And the Roman shield was quite large and it was curved and that shield was designed to deflect fiery darts. And also what those shields were used for is they could form a circle, if you will, put those shields up and make a tortoise shell to protect themselves from the arrows and all of the things that would be coming in. So the shield is the shield of faith. And faith is a shield that guards and protects our spiritual lives and is able to deflect... And extinguish various schemes and attempts by our enemy Satan to harm us and cause us injury. He will try to get us to fall and falter in our faith. And then the helmet of salvation. And that is you have been saved by grace through Jesus Christ. And you are secure in him because he is the one who has saved you. He is the one who has delivered you. And so the helmet protecting our mind, watching over us here with our head, that that it is our security and our hope and knowledge that we are saved, that we are a child of the king. And then it comes to our weapon. Our weapon is the sword of the Spirit. And this is what we fight with. And it's the Word of God. When Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness, what did he do each time Satan approached him? He quoted Scripture. He quoted Scripture. And the Roman sword was called the gladius. And it was sharp on both edges. And it was a powerful, powerful offensive weapon in the hand of a skilled soldier. So our skill is in learning the word of God and using it against our enemy. In Hebrews 4.12 it says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It is cutting. It is the word of God. It is sharp. It is living. It is active. And then our scripture also talks about prayer. Prayer, I think, is our advance warning system. If we are in prayer, we are alert and aware that the enemy is approaching. If we are not in prayer, we can be blindsided and they can sneak up on us. So prayer, our active life of prayer, is our way of being aware of the approach of the enemy. And that is also a weapon that we have. Jesus told his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, Pray so that you do not enter into temptation. So prayer is a is an action that we can take to help ourselves know when the approach is coming and where the dangers are. Now, even even with this armor, historians say that 885,000 Roman soldiers died. Now, we will not suffer a permanent death, but we will suffer injury. But the beauty of that is when we do and we come to the Lord with our hurts, our failings, our needs, he restores us, he heals us, he, he stitches us up and we heal with him and we go back into the battle. So there is no such thing in, in, in my view of a fatality of a believer. Only a wound if you're held and kept through Jesus Christ's salvation. So, way, one of the ways that we can help each other when we interact with each other is if someone is lacking peace, we can say to them, Put on your boots. Jesus is your peace. Or if someone is doubting in their salvation, tell them, you don't have your helmet on. You you have a helmet of salvation from the Lord. If someone is doubting truth, tell them, friend, get your belt on. You're missing your belt. There's ways that we can encourage each other by the words that come out of our mouth. If we hear another person saying something, we sometimes immediately address them in terms of talking about all these things. But like I said, you can point out to them, that person is not your enemy. That person is not your true foe. Yes, they're causing you problems. And maybe they've said something that hurt you or they've offended you or violated you in some way and they're in the family of faith. You can tell them they're not your enemy even though it feels that way. Because if you get going over in that direction, you're building up a root of bitterness and it's going to destroy you. Just redirect them. If they're missing a piece of armor, let them know. Their words will tell us what piece of armor they are lacking. Because it says here that the whole armor, the full armor must be worn. And I will remind you that the extent of protective gear that we need in living the Christian life and battling in this world and moving forward and advancing the kingdom is according to the extent of our threat and the devisings of our enemies. So as we grow in our transformed person, our transformed will, our transformed heart, our transformed mind, our transformed affections, our transformed purpose. And as we wear compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and above all love, we we move forward together. And that's what this is about. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you that you have not left us defenseless and without protection to live the life you've called us to in this world. You have given us the gifts of the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the shield Of faith, the boots of peace, the sword of the Spirit, and the breastplate of righteousness. I want to pray for anyone today who is laying wounded as a casualty. You have not yet been healed. And your wounds have kept you from being able to get back up and move forward in the battle. And I would ask and encourage you to just reach out to Jesus today. Because he will heal you and restore you and get you back up and moving again. Lord, I pray for each of us that we would stand strong and that we would wear this armor that you have given us as a gift and that we would become more adept at using the sword, the word of God, as our weapon against our true and very powerful enemy. We do not... Stand in fear today. We stand in faith and in the full knowledge of truth and strength that we are in the Lord's army, that we are a mighty army, that we are a mighty warrior in this life to bring your message to a lost and dying world. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.